0: Amen. Go ahead and take a seat. Welcome to City Light. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning. morning. Um, Hey, this week is going to be an awesome week. There is a little uh, card on your chair. So we have blog parties, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and we have sports camp Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, We are going to um, just be all in this week, all right? So it's going to be great. Uh, Last year, sports camp and all that uh, was really amazing, and this year, there's like twice as many kids already signed up, right? So this is going to be wild, wild as it gets. So if you haven't signed your kids up yet, please do that. If you haven't convinced your neighbors to bring their kids, please do that. Uh, you have a card on your seat, I want you to hold the card, okay? You know, probably know what I'm about to do. Hold it, and I want you to tell the person next to you, I'm going to give this to somebody, all right? I'm going to give this somebody. Somebody, all right? Somebody. I don't care if it's a stranger. Just give it to somebody, all right? Somebody, this is your card, all right? And if you keep it, you just lied, okay? Don't lie. Don't lie. Don't lie in church, all right? Uh, please give this to somebody and invite your family, your friends, your kids. Uh, It's going to be an amazing week to show our community the love of Jesus, to disciple and raise up our children in the name of Jesus, uh, just to have fun together and to enjoy some community together. So whatever you can do, as we've been saying, take a day off work or, you know, work all day, come at night. Sports camp is at five, so it's at night uh, or late afternoon. Uh, The block parties are during the day, They're in different places throughout the city, and so the goal is to go bless our city and to invite our city to come here to be blessed, you know? So whatever it is, uh, please join us this week. It's going to be uh, very, 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 very important and amazing. Uh, The second thing is, happy Father's Day, everyone. Uh, To the fathers, we're, uh, hey, yeah, we can clap for the fathers. That's good. We should do that. Uh, We are honoring you with snow cones today, all right? So... You can bring out the child in you, all right, uh, when you leave. We also ordered these books called The Intentional Father, which I love very much. It's kind of newer. Uh, it's by a guy named John Tyson. But um, just to be honest with you, we can't find them, okay? So uh, I don't know what happened or if the devil stole them or what, you know, if he sent his little demons in to do that. But uh, I'm not sure. So number one, it's called The Intentional Father. If you want to order it off Amazon, highly recommend it. Number two, we will most certainly have them by next Sunday, okay? So it'll be a belated Father's Day gift uh, for you, but uh, we want you to celebrate with that and also grow as a father. Uh, that book that I, I read very recently was very wonderful uh, about being intentional as a father so today obviously is a wonderful day to celebrate and encourage. Our fathers, uh, I hope for many of you, my prayer has been that I would be able, by the grace of God, uh, to strengthen you and your resolve to do the good work God has called you to do. Uh, But most importantly as well, um, the real goal today is the opportunity we have before us to consider the Father who really is our Father, God in heaven, and to view the reality of the Christian message through the lens of a relationship with the Father, This is what I think is very important for us all to understand today uh, because what happens when you enter into Christianity and when you believe the gospel message is you do not become a participant in a religion and you do not become an adherent to a worldview and you do not turn in a new philosophy of life, but you become a member of God's family, okay? Okay. That's the key. When you become a Christian, you do not become an adherent participant in a a worldview or religion. You become a member in God's family. And the offer on the table for many of you today is a relationship with the real Father, the true Father, God in heaven. And so I know some of you uh, might be here today and you're still just kind of considering the claims of Christianity. You're still learning. Uh, You're still kind of open to it, maybe. Uh, And I I want you to consider what God might be saying to you in terms of what he really intends through the gospel. What does the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus provide for you? And maybe the thing you're aware of is like, okay, I don't have to go to hell. I can go to heaven, which is amazing, right? Um, But I really want to dive into this relational element that is the very key thing to satisfy all your desires in life. And maybe for those of you who are here uh, because it's Father's Day and you never go to church, uh, but you're here because you do like your dad, you love your dad, uh, and you're here uh, begrudgingly, but because you love your dad, I just want to say welcome, all right? I'm not mad at you for being mad to be here, all right? Uh, I'm glad that you're here, and I hope you give me the next 30 minutes, and I just want you to be open to the offer that God is going to extend to you this morning, Okay. I'm not going to hammer anything over your head, all right? I am going to offer you what God offers you, and I want you to really consider Christianity in light of the relationship God wants you to have with him. Uh, and for all of us, especially those who do know the Lord, uh, last year in the midst of uh, when, when you guys, when many of you were here and I was uh, struggling and the Lord was really teaching me a lot, uh, I made a real big internal transition from treating God as boss to father, and I had always been very committed to obey God, and I would do whatever he says. Uh, and I didn't quite lock in to the reality that I'm supposed to also enjoy and relate to him as father under his tender care for my life. So as opposed to just committed to do whatever it takes for the gospel, which is good, uh, I began to add this relationship with the father in terms of his care for me that's separated from my performance for him. It's just love from the father, you know? If I love my kids, if they did the dumbest things and weren't successful in life, my love for them would not change at all, you know? Their performance has nothing to do with my love for them. It's completely irrelevant. And this is true about God as well. So to those of you who do love the Lord, you know the Lord. I, I want to hopefully bring you back or maybe just intensify what the relationship God wants to have with you as father And maybe you have been treating him only as boss, which is great, boss, master, leader, all those things are very appropriate things for God. Those are true. Uh, But you need to make sure Father is the primary one. It's the primary way he's communicated himself to us. And it is the primary way you ought to be relating to him. And I wanna invite you back into that relationship with God this morning. So with those two goals in mind about encouraging fathers and understanding the fatherhood of God, uh, I have two very simple verses for you this morning um, to help you kind of latch on to these concepts. Uh, so it's this, John 15, chapter 9. So go ahead and open your Bible to John 15. Let's go. All right. And then you're also going to want to have John 20 right there as well, okay? So uh, John fifteen, nine says this. This is Jesus talking. He says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. That's worth a million sermons, just that sentence alone, okay? I'm going to add one more, though, for you today. So it's worth two million sermons. John 20, 21, Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. So as the Father has loved me, I love you. And as the Father has sent me, I send you. Now, from these two verses and the context in which they're in and the teaching we get from the whole Bible about God's relationship to people through faith in Christ, we get basically all of the answers to our instinctive questions about life. let Let me show this to you, okay? Uh, So research will tell us This isn't just Christian research Research in in general will tell us uh, That human beings have three main questions in life Every human being, all cultures, everybody, everywhere The three main questions you're instinctively wired to answer are Who am I? Where do I belong? And what is my purpose? Those are the three things that drive you And you would immediately say Oh yeah (laughs) Who am I? You know Who am I? What's my identity? Where do I belong? Who are my people? What's my home? And what is my purpose? What am I supposed to do? How do I make a difference? What am I good at? You know, these are the three questions that drive everything in your life, regardless of your religion, culture, preference, where you grew up in the world. These three questions drive all of us. They're the three questions that we are all seeking to answer, whether we identify that or not. It's the three questions that we're after. It's the reason why uh, you do the things that you do can all go back to that. Those three, those three questions. You know that it's instinctive to you, so when I say those three, you're like, Oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. And what I want to show you this morning is how a relationship with God as Father is the solution and the answer for the instinctive questions you have about life. That's the perspective I hope you see this morning, especially maybe those of you who are outside of the Christian worldview, to, to enter into to say, The main instinctive questions and desires you have about life that are just wired into you, that you understand and know, are actually found, they are satisfied, they are ultimately realized within a relationship to the Father. And these three questions and really your instinctive drive to find your identity, your purpose, and your belonging are put there to push you towards ultimately the answer, which is the Father, which is a relationship to the Father. A place where you find your identity, where you find where you belong, your home, and where you find your purpose, which is what he's going to show you this morning. So these realities within you drive you to this, and I want you to see not only as a relationship with the Father as enjoyable, but as the answer. It is the very thing you have been looking for, and it is the reason why you are not content, fully content, happy or purposeful doing other things. It's the reason why no matter what you do in this world, it doesn't quite get it. No matter how successful you are, it doesn't quite hit the nail on the head. No matter how wonderful it is that person is you're dating, it doesn't quite fully do it, you know what I'm saying? No matter what, no matter what, it just doesn't quite get you all the way there. And it is because all of your instinctive drives are put there by God to lead you to himself. And I want to show you this morning how particularly your relationship with God as father is the the answer to your internal drives to find out who you are, where you belong, and what you're supposed to do. And Jesus makes this clear to us. So there are two basic realities to this about your identity and purpose. So the first one is this. Uh, The people doing the slides were very thankful because I have very few things on the screen, all right? So normally I have things that rhyme and poems and all sorts of stuff, all right? I don't have that today. I might need a new mic. I don't know if you give me a handheld. This is popping like crazy. Is it popping over there? Okay. Uh, It might just drive me crazy. It might not drive y'all crazy, but okay. So the first one is this is that you are loved, abide in his love. Very simple. I just want to sit there for a second, okay? You are loved, abide in his love. Jesus says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you, abide in my love. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you abide in my love. Now you already see from this that your identity and your place of belonging are realized in this one sentence. My identity being I was made for God in a relationship with God, made to enter into a love relationship with the Father, and my belonging, I the, I belong with him. I should abide with him. This is the reality in which these questions are answered is the love of God. I find my place in life within the love of God, and I stay there. This is what God is offering you this morning is to abide in his love and to find your home and your place of belonging and to realize your identity as a child of God through faith in Christ. Now, how do we get the link? What Jesus is going to teach us now is that the link between the Father's love And you as a human being is the person in the work of Jesus. So Jesus says, as the father has loved me in their eternal relationship to one another, he grabs hold of that love and he extends it to you. So how do you get the father's love? Well, you don't get it any other way except being given it by Jesus. You see what I'm saying? So if the Father's love is the ultimate answer for all the questions in life, and if the Father's love is the place where you ultimately belong, then you need to get the Father's love. But Jesus will say the only way to get the Father's love is to get it from him. You can't get it from Muhammad. You can't get it from Buddha. You can't get it from a religious worldview. You can't get it from yourself. You can't get it from church. You can't get it from a pastor. You can't get it from yourself. You just can't get it apart from Jesus, which is why if you want to get to the place where you are made for, you have to get it and go through Jesus. This is why Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man gets to the Father, the place where they belong. No man enters into a place of rest and joy and peace and love except through me, Jesus says. This is why Jesus says in John 14, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. This is how it works, is that we enter into the Father's care when we join in a relationship with the Son, Jesus, because now we are participating in the eternal bond the Father has with the Son, all right, you see how that works? We're, a little, we're, we're wading into some theological Trinity waters, all right? So y'all put your big boy theological pants on, it's going to be great. The Father eternally loves the Son, okay? God is Trinity, which means he is three in one. One God, three persons, okay? So now, because that eternal love has existed, and this is why, let me, let me just throw this out here, this is why God doesn't need you, because he's had community from the very beginning, God doesn't need you or the love of humans to fill some hole in his life. He didn't make you to make himself feel better. He made you to give you the opportunity to enter in on his perfect love. God has been happy and satisfied forever. He doesn't need humans for nothing. He is not needy at all. And so now when God eternally has a relationship with the Son and the Spirit, When you become a follower of Jesus, you are participating in the eternal, perfect love that God has with the Son. I mean, it'll blow your mind. This is very intense to think about. There is no other love like this. I want to show you how this works because Jesus, when Jesus comes, the idea and the reality of God the Father gets so magnified. Listen to this. Father is used of God only 15 times in the Old Testament. So in the Old Testament, God is only referred to as Father 15 times. But in the New Testament, which is much shorter, by the way, God is revealed as Father 245 times. So in the Old Testament, before the coming of Jesus in the earth, God is Father 15 times. In the New Testament, God is referred to Father as 245 times. And Jesus is the one who uses this term the most, 100 times alone in the book of John, In one gospel, Jesus says God is Father a hundred times. And then 65 other times in the gospel. So out of the 245 times in the New Testament, God is referred to as Father, 165 of them are by Jesus. What is this teaching us? That Jesus, when he comes, is the link to relationship with the Father. We have no right to deal with God as Father apart from the person and work of Jesus. This also shows us Jesus' intention that when he comes, he doesn't come to just lay down a new worldview or religious philosophy. He comes to return and to give you the opportunity to return back to the Father. Jesus provides a way so that you can return back to where you belong. This is the, this is the intensity of what Jesus is doing is he is providing an opportunity for you to return to the Father. Not only is that the reality in the New Testament that opens up the door to the Father, but the coming and the solidifying work of the Holy Spirit, as Romans eight teaches us, particularly Romans eight fifteen, that by the Spirit of God we cry like the song that we sang, "Abba, Father." Give that to me. Great. Oh, there we go. Hey. So by the Spirit we cry, Abba, Father. So now, in terms of what the Bible is teaching us, Jesus comes. He lives, he dies, he rises again. Through faith in Christ, we have a way back to the Father, so we return to our original design, which is to have a relationship with God the Father. And the other part of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, now lives within us so that there's not only an external truth, objective truth that Jesus gives us the way, but an internal reality within our souls that the Spirit comes and lives with us, within us. And by the Spirit... Now our heart cry is, God, you are my Father. See, what what is happening when Jesus comes is he's making the way to get to that heart cry. To say, now by internally within you, you can cry, Abba, Father. You can enjoy God as Father. This is the significance of what the Trinity is and how that makes a difference in your own life. And what Jesus has come to do. Now, look what he says here. What a, what a phrase. I mean, some every, every part of the Bible should be meditated on. But this is just, you should sit and think about this forever. As the Father has loved me. just This is when you read the Bible and you just sit and you think. Okay? Stop reading so fast. Your Bible and your plan might be a crutch. It's causing you problems. You need to just sit and read. Like, think about it. Don't just, like, read it. Think about it. As the Father has loved me. I mean, how has the Father loved the Son? Well, he's loved him eternally. It's never ended. He's loved him unconditionally. It's a relationship, not a performance. He's loved him perfectly. There is no gaps. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing impure. He's loved him satisfyingly, joyfully. I mean, you name it. Any, any attribute you can keep him. Jesus is saying, the Father has loved me intensely and perfectly, and this love I have between me and the Father is the best kind of love ever, and now I'm going to take that, right, and I'm going to offer it to you. As the Father has loved me, I'm going to love you just like that. I mean, you just can't. It'd be like if, you know, if I got up here and said, you know, as Jeff Bezos has given to me, I give unto you. You think, wow, okay, that must be pretty great. You know, like, this is, he got a lot of resources. If he gave you something, it's probably pretty awesome, like a spaceship or something. So I'm going to give it to you, you know. He's saying, as the Father has loved me. This extreme, intense, extravagant love, so have I loved you. And as you now realize, and as you're considering this, nothing in the world is ever going to come close to this offer. What is the offer of Christianity? Well, it's to enter into the Father's love. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. And you cannot get this anywhere else. So Jesus is saying us, saying to us, To abide in this love. So as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. And that part, the second part, so have I loved you. I mean, how did Jesus reveal his love for us? But by going to the cross and literally laying down his life for us. The only perfect person in all of the world took on the sins of all of the world and paid the price of our sin that you and I deserve. Jesus loves you so much that he took everything nasty from you and every awful thing of you and all the worst parts of you, and he took them upon himself, and he died for it, and then he said, I'm going to give you the best parts of me. So Jesus loves you so much. He took the worst of you and gave you the best of him, and he made a way for you to enter into eternal life by giving of his life. This is the extent in which Jesus loves you. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now, these are wonderful, and this is why the Bible says here, abide in this love. And this is where many of you are making your mistake in life, especially to my brothers and sisters in Christ. God did not ask you to be a visitor or a guest, but to live in his home. God is giving you the opportunity to abide with him, which is to stay there, you know, And because you're so rushed and your life is so frantic, you treat God like you're making a visit or like you're a guest showing up for a particular time, as opposed to making God the home in which you dwell. And this is the reason why, even though you know God, you are still left so empty and frantic and anxious and depressed and struggling because you are treating God like a visitor in your life as opposed to making God your home. God's offer to you this morning is that you would enter into this love and that you would stay there. That you would stay there through being committed to the word of God and constantly hearing back from him. That you would stay there by praying and having a relationship with God where you talk to him and he talks to you. That you would stay there by constantly surrounding yourself with other people in God's family. That you would stay there and the reason why you might be struggling so much is God has asked you to stay and you have decided to come and go. And the Father's love is the most satisfying love in the universe, and he is offering it to you 24-7. And this is what God is calling you to return to, is this abiding in his love. Now, that is who our Father is in heaven, and then the role of an earthly father is to simply exemplify the love of the, of the heavenly Father. So what are you supposed to do as a father? Your main job is to exemplify this love And to be an earthly place in which your children can abide in the love of God. To say, as you spend time with me, your father, it is an extension of the heavenly father. And your time with me here will be uh, enabling you to abide in the love of God. Now, we talked about this on Mother's Day. Same principle applies I want to go over this over and over again, especially with my parents out there. Uh, Remember, the research will tell us that to pass down the faith to the next generation requires not just doing the right thing, but how you do it. It's not just what you do, but how you do it. It's not just whether you come to church, remember, but whether you like being here. Your kids will not be impressed by your commitment to go to church, but your kids' lives will be changed if you love being here. Because you love the Lord, and you love the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and you love encouraging your brothers and sisters in Christ. And this is far more than just some routine thing to you. Remember, it's not what you do, but how you do it. It's not whether you go to church or whether you enjoy being there. Not whether you heard the sermon, but whether you listened to it, you know. It's not whether you went to church on Sunday and worshiped, but whether you worshiped God every day. It's not what you do, but how you do it. And so now, your kids are going to always be asking the question, is this real? As they should. And it should not be simply, well, my dad or somebody said it was real, but my engagement with my father made my relationship with God so real it's undeniable. You see what I'm saying? This is real to him. You see? This is what the father's calling you into. As a father, what a privilege to say it is your joy and delight. And it is your opportunity to be a place in which your children can abide in the Father's love so that they're so secure and their relationship is so experiential with God that when they ask, is this real, internally it will turn back to them and say, well, yeah, it is real. I've experienced it. This is the joy that God is offering you into. This is the call of a father is to extend the love of God, to be a place in which your children can abide in God's love via experience and not just have the right information about Christianity. It is not enough to deliver the proper information, but you must as well deliver the proper experience. And obviously, you will make your mistakes, and you will have your flaws, and you will sin, and you will mess things up. And that's exactly what the grace of God and the cross are for. Like we talked about last week, remember God's cleaning up your lawn. He's doing all the work. You just keep mowing the grass. If you don't get that illustration, listen to the last sermon. But this is what God is inviting you into as a father. This is the privilege of being a father. Now, this also makes every significant for every moment for you significant so in the same way it feels so hard and things can feel so small and insignificant and you don't know what's working and not working and you know and you're just doing all these things all day trying to keep your kids alive and all these things and then at the end of the day though every single opportunity whether it feels small or big is a chance for you to reveal the father's love it is an opportunity to show care and kindness and protection and love this is what god is asking you To do, So that's number one. You are loved. Abide in his love. And this love is the place where you belong. And the Father's love is what answers two questions in your life about your identity. Who am I? And where do I belong? The next one is this. Okay, based off the next verse. You are sent, so act for his cause. So you are loved. Abide in his love. And you are sent. Act for his cause. John 20, 21 says, Jesus said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, he's doing the same thing again, just a different word. As the Father sent me, even so I am sending you. So as the Father loved me, I am loving you. And as the Father sent me, I am sending you. Once again, I cannot overemphasize that the relationship with the Father is mediated by the Son, Jesus. As the Father sends the Son, so the Son sends you. As the Father loves the Son, so the Son loves you. So there is no love from God apart from Jesus, and there is no purpose from God apart from Jesus. Jesus is the the center of all of this, and you have no access to the love of God in the Father apart from the work of Jesus. So you are sent, act for his cause. So you abide, which is resting in who he is, and you act, so you live your life for him. So as we said, your identity and who you are and where you belong comes from your Father, and now your purpose what should i do what is my purpose also comes from your father your reason for living comes from your father Your motivation and zeal to do something great comes from your father. The reason why in your heart you want to make a difference comes from your father. The reason why you want to be good at something comes from their father. The reason why you want to live for something and when you don't have something to live for is when you get depressed and anxious and sad. All of those realities about wanting to live for something come from your father. And the reason why you could win the championship and still not have fulfilled your purpose is because that's what you were not made to do. You were the reason why you could get to the top of the business and still not have fulfilled your purpose is because that's not what you were made to do the reason why you could finally get married after a hundred dates with different people and still not fulfill your purpose is the reason why that's not what you were made to do no matter how successful or wonderful or how things turn out the reason why they don't quite do it is because that's not ultimately what you were made to do You know it, and I know it. It's not doing it. No matter how successful or unsuccessful, no matter how hard you try, no matter who you marry, or how things work out, or your experiences on earth, no matter what it is, you finally take the, you finally get the thing, you finally do, and it doesn't quite do it. The reason is because God has put his purpose within your heart, and Jesus said, I sent you to do my work, so you will never be fulfilled until you're doing the work of God. It's why it's not working for you. I just hope you hear me today. The the gospel is not just right and true, and you should believe it because it's such, but it's also an invitation. It's an offer. Stop wandering around. Stop being purposeless. Stop being empty. Stop being unloved, and find your home and your purpose in the gospel of Jesus in your relationship to the Father. It's an offer. The gospel is good news for a reason. So Jesus said, as the Father sent me, I send you. Now, I want to give you a little, little thought, a little illustration about this. So uh, last year I was at this camp, and, you know, a high school camp, so all these kids are doing these things. And they had the blob. Everybody know the blob, okay, right? So you have the blob right on the lake, and there's this, I don't know, 20-foot, like, deck thing. And you jump off that, and then you shoot somebody off the blob, you know? So somebody's sitting on the edge of the blob, all right? It's like this inflatable thing, all right? I don't know how else this guy, it's a blob, okay? So you don't know what I'm saying, just Google it. It's a blob. So uh, at your, one person is sitting on the edge of the blob, and one person is standing 20 feet up, right? And they're going to jump on one part of the blob, and it's going to, you know, use all of the science and things that happen with the blob to shoot the person out from the front. Uh, and you can always tell, just based off who's going, how it's going to work out, you know. So if the person in front is bigger than the person jumping, nothing's happening, you know. Uh, if the person in the front's really small and the person jumping is really big, then they're flying away, you know. Uh, you can already assess everything that's going to happen. But you fly as high as the person is able to propel you, okay. You go as high and far as the person who is able to propel you, And now I want you to see this, as the Father sent me, okay, so you're in your life, you're sitting on the edge of the blob, okay, trying to find purpose and to go do things with your life. But you keep looking at like, you know, your computer or your work or your girlfriend, say jump off the blob and launch me into my life, you know. If you marry me, I will be launched into my life, you know. If I finally get promoted, promote me and I will be launched into my life, you know. Uh, Give me this skill. You know, I'll go to school. Give me all this wisdom, and I can launch into my life. And you're looking at all these things to try to launch you into your purpose, to try to launch you into your life, to try to launch you into your fulfillment. And every time you look at it, they jump off the thing. It just goes, you know, and you're like, well, that didn't work, you know, and look at somebody else. Okay, maybe you. Well, it wasn't her. Maybe it's you. Well, it wasn't that boss. Maybe it's this one. It wasn't that school. Maybe it's this one. It wasn't that that travel, maybe it's this one. It wasn't that pleasure. Maybe it's this one. You just keep looking. Keep jumping. You just keep. You're inviting all these people, okay? And you're just like, okay, you just keep jumping. If this drink doesn't do it, then maybe that person will do it. If that person doesn't do it, maybe this pleasure will do it. If that travel adventure doesn't do it, then maybe this will do it. And that promotion doesn't do it, maybe this will do it. That championship doesn't do it, maybe this will do it. You know, you just keep. You just keep blah, blah, blah. And you just keep. Your whole life is why you get so depressed. You just, you know, blah, blah. You're just You're just, you're, just, you're just not doing anything. And no matter how hard you try, it doesn't work. That's the reason is because you need the power of the living God to launch you into the life he's called you to. The only person that can send you into the life he's called you to, to do the things you're supposed to do and to do them at the level at which you're supposed to do them and to do them with the fulfillment that's supposed to come with them and to do them with the zeal and the purpose that's supposed to come with it and to make a difference and to fly high and to go far, the only person that's capable of doing that is God. So what Jesus said, as the father who has all power in heaven on earth. Why did Jesus, Matthew 28, why did he preface, remember this? He prefaced, go and make disciples with what? Y'all remember? What did he say? All what? Authority. What's he saying? Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. Go and make disciples. Right, all power I have, all authority I have. No one can mess with my rule, no one can stop my purpose, no one can tell me no, no one can deny my work, no one can frustrate my plans, no one can get in the way of what I'm doing. I think, I do, and I bring to pass the thing which I wanted. And now you're joining on his team, and he's saying, All authority has been given to me as the Father has sent me with all authority. So I send you, if you want to find your purpose and live for that which you were made for, you need to be looking back up to the Father. And when you look back up to him, then he's the one who jumps and enables you and empowers you to move forward and to go into the future God has for you. This is the desire of the Father's heart. And you know what this means for you? Is that whatever situation that you are in, because you are empowered by God to do the work of God, your purpose remains the same and is unstoppable. Now, your circumstances and whether you get this or don't, whether you find that person or don't, whether you get healthy or not, those things don't determine your purpose or what you are able to do with your life. Because now, being joined with the power and the authority of God, every single moment of your life is significant. And if you just simply obey him and follow his rule and way, then nobody can stop you. Because nobody can stop him. Now, every single day of your life becomes an opportunity to live with purpose and zeal. No matter what's going on, and no matter how it's worked out. No boss can decide for you whether you can fulfill your purpose. No girlfriend or boyfriend or spouse can decide for you whether you can fulfill your purpose. No bodily ailments or struggles with health can decide for you whether you can fulfill your purpose. There is no thing or person on this entire planet that can decide for you whether you fulfill your purpose. If you are connected to God through faith in Jesus Christ, as the Father sends me, Jesus said, so I send you with unstoppable force. And that makes every moment of your life significant. Jesus gives you your identity. Who am I and where do I belong? I belong in the Father's love. Jesus gives you your purpose. What am I supposed to do? He empowers you to live the life he's called you to. So once again now to the fathers out there as we close this to think through, okay, what am I supposed to do as a father? What is the calling on my life? is to simply point them to the love of the Father and to be an example in which they can abide in God's love and then to send them and propel them with the authority of the Father. The kids are going to ask questions like, did my dad have zeal or did he care about people in the world that are lost? The gospel is very important. Did my dad ever care about that? Did he burn with a zeal for people who don't know the Lord, you know? Was this actually real? That's the question that they're asking. Is this real? And ultimately, God has to do the work. But you as a father have a wonderful privilege and opportunity to say, yes, this is real. And though I got denied at work, I didn't stop my purpose. You know what I'm saying? Though this didn't work out in my health, I didn't stop my purpose. And now you're training your children to say, now you are being sent by God to do this wonderful work for the glory of God. And does your heart burn with zeal for that? This is God's not rebuke, but his invitation into real fatherhood to love and to care for your children as he has called you to. As I said, I was praying in the beginning that God would fulfill and strengthen your resolve. And what I want you to see as a father is that ultimately it doesn't depend on anything you can figure out or do. You're like, look, I'm not that great of a father, but I know one who is. And so look at him, you know. How wonderful. All the burden has been taken off. All you're doing every day is saying, look at him. Watch him. Do what he does. Listen to him. He's really smart. He's really great. He'll satisfy your soul. He'll save you from your sins. He'll propel your life. He'll live in you by his Holy Spirit. He'll guide you with his wisdom. He'll fulfill you with his joy. If you just look at him with me, we'll look at him together. And God our Father will father both of us. If you are treating God as Father and constantly looking to Him, now all of a sudden the burden of fatherhood has gotten off of you because you are relating to God as Father as well. And now you're simply inviting your children in to say, Would you come enjoy God as Father with me? He's really great. And I make my sins and I mess up, but He doesn't, He's perfect. And so I'm going to go to him for forgiveness and love. You can too. I'm going to go to him for purpose and fulfillment. You can too. I'm going to go to him for forgiveness. You can too. What a wonderful privilege now. And so I hope you are strengthened this morning to say, fatherhood is certainly a wonderful work, and it can be a hard work. But ultimately, you're just pointing people to the Father in heaven. And this all happens through Jesus. So the three questions in life, who am I, where do I belong, and what is my purpose? are all instinctively given to you by God to lead you back to himself. The question now for all of us is how do we respond? So if you're here today and you do not know God, I asked and I pleaded with you to give me 30 minutes for you to have that perspective. And God is now inviting you to respond, to say, would you believe in Christ and come to me as father? And to those of you who do know the Lord, it might be a mental switch now to say, you are my boss, that is still true, but I'm going to relate to you as father. And I'm going to enjoy your tender care for me. Whatever it is, may you respond to the Lord as needed. Let me pray and the band will come up and we'll continue to worship. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you for the opportunity to live and to dwell with you, to abide in your love and your home. We thank you for the privilege that we have of knowing you and walking with you. I pray that everyone in this room, by faith in Christ, would be fathered by you that nobody would walk out of this room spiritually fatherless. And I pray, Lord, for our fathers, that you would strengthen them, that you would encourage them, that you would equip them, that they would not be overly burdened, but that they would take on the challenge ahead of them with your strength, pointing their children back to you. And I pray that we would raise up a generation, Lord, who know you as father and who can change the world around them with the purpose that you give them. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Why don't you stand? Let's respond to Lord.